0: The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time starring George Burns and Gracie Allen.
1: Richard Diamond, private detective.
2: The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly.
3: Suspense.
4: It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks.
3: Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft
5: presents the Great (laughs) Gildersleeve.
2: I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United
0: States Marshal.
2: (laughs) Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum.
0: The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to Episode 76 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two half-hour comedy episodes of The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. We'll begin after this short break. In the mid-1930s, MGM purchased the rights to a popular novel by Wilson Collison titled Dark Dame, which they had planned to film with their platinum blonde glamour gal, Jean Harlow. Due to Harlow's untimely death, MGM shelved the project until 1939, when it was retooled as a film called Maisie for another of their film stars, Anne Southern. In total, MGM released 10 Maisie films from 1939 until 1947, and although the films were strictly B-movie fare, they proved quite popular. In 1945, CBS decided to bring the character to radio and cast Ann Southern in the role she made famous on the big screen. On radio, as in the pictures, Maisie was a Brooklyn beauty and Jane of all trades. Maisie was an underemployed burlesque dancer who fell in love often, but always went her own way in the end. The radio casts included Hi Averback, Arthur Q. Bryant, Hans Conrad, Virginia Gregg, Peter Leeds, Johnny McGovern, Sheldon Leonard, and Sidney Miller. During the height of the radio run, Southern contracted infectious hepatitis after receiving an impure serum shot while she was in England for a stage performance. Confined to her bed, she continued to work on the Maisie radio series while she recuperated. Time now for the first of two comedy episodes of The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. In this first one, Maisie and a wrestler battle to save an impoverished orphanage. Here's The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern, from November 16th,
5: 1950. Hiya, babe. Say, how about a little. Ouch!
6: Does that answer your question, buddy?
5: The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. You all remember Metro Goldwyn Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Ann Southern. But first, your announcer. <laughs> Southern as
6: Maisie. Yep, I'm Maisie, like the fella said, Maisie Revere. No, I'm not related to the Revere that rode to Boston on a horse, but with the kind of hard work I've been doing all my life, I'm probably related to the horse. Last week, my agent finally called me up for a job out of town. Well, as far as I'm concerned, he needn't have wasted a slug. I was supposed to be the assistant to Waldo, the mind reader. But as soon as I got out here and Waldo looked me over, it wasn't hard to read what was on his mind. Well, I didn't relish being stranded in this here town, which is so small. Rand must have put it on the map when McNally wasn't looking. And I had to get a job, so I just gave a pep talk to my feet and headed for the office of the local newspaper.
4: And tonight's fight between Killer Flanagan and Spike McCluskey, which the Chronicle is sponsoring for the Milk Fund Benefit, is a complete sellout.
6: Uh, pardon me, mister. The I local
4: charities have ignored our demands. The underprivileged babies in this town need attention.
6: But if you don't mind, chum, this underprivileged baby can use a hunk of attention, too.
4: Children in our town need to have milk, and we have to put our shoulders to the wheel.
6: You ain't going to get much milk that way.
4: You ain't going to get much milk. Now look what you made me do, miss.
6: Okay, so I owe you a sheet of paper.
4: Oh, forget it. What can I do... You.
6: (laughs) No hurry, chum. I'll just wait till your eyes move back into your head. All I want is a copy of your newspaper.
4: Uh, miss, this is the office. We don't sell the papers here.
6: Oh, well, well, I don't want to buy it. I just want to rummage through your help-wanted column.
4: Oh, just borrow a copy, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Look, lady, we're in the business of making money.
6: Well, that's why I'd like to read the help-wanted ads. I'd like to get in that business, too. Uh
4: Uh-huh.
6: How's about glancing through the wand ads, handsome?
4: Oh, <laughs> do you uh, really think I'm handsome?
6: When I'm in a spot like this, anybody's handsome. Uh. <laughs> what say? Uh,
4: well, miss, I'm really sorry, but this is a small town, and we don't run a help-wanted column. Oh. I'm sorry, miss. Anything else I can do?
7: Boss, I'm stuck again. Help me out, will you?
4: Mickey, can't you see I'm busy?
7: Oh, pardon me. I didn't know... Notice. Hmm.
4: Don't mind, Mickey, miss. He's my um, cub reporter.
6: What kind of cub?
4: Wolf? Well, Mickey, what is it this time? Did you put somebody's name in the obituary column by mistake again?
6: Well, if you did, just put his name in the birth column tomorrow and give him a fresh start in life. (laughs) It's
7: it's not that, Mr. Moody. It's the advice to the lovelorn column this time. I'm stuck on the daily Romeo and Juliet poem.
4: Oh, fine. Okay, Shakespeare Jenkins, let's hear how far you've gotten.
7: Here it is. To Romeo, I think of thee when I is happy. I think of thee when I is blue, and when the rain drips on my window pane. Well, go on. That's where I'm stuck.
4: Oh. And when the rain drips on my window pane,
6: each drip reminds me of you. No, that won't
4: do. Hey, I think it's great. (laughs) It gives that corny romance you cooked up for the column the touch of humor it's been lacking. Let's hear the rest of it.
7: Okay. In my dreams I picture thee. Thine hair so fair, thine eyes so hazel.
4: Let's see now. Hair, fair, eyes, hazel. Uh, I wilt make a happy bride when we... um, when we, uh... When
6: uh, we march down that middle azel.
4: Oh, brother. Hey, that's
7: good. Very good. It is? Boss, you've been working too hard.
6: Well, that's better than not working at all, if you know what I mean, boss.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why not? You need help on that advice to the Lovelorn column, Mickey. Oh, but, but Female boss. help. Uh, now, look, Miss, uh, Miss... Uh, uh, Macy uh,
6: Revere, but you can call me Miss Bleeding Heart for short. What do you say? Am I hired, boss? Look, Mr. Moody, you can't do this to me. I think. Yes, handsome. Um, what do you think? <gasps> I think you ought to hire her. Good. When do I start?
4: Right now. Um, Maisie, have you um, made any plans about having lunch? Uh, no. Fine. <laughs> then you can work right straight through without any interruption. See you later.
6: Oh. A woman hater, huh? Ah, he's married. Oh, I guess that's why.
7: Well, Mickey, let's get to work. Sure. But first, I'll have to tell you about these Romeo and Juliet letters. You see, Maisie, the whole thing started... So, when these love letters and poems started coming from all over the country, signed Romeo, Mm -hmm. I got the bright idea of printing them and writing poems and answers in the same column, signed Juliet. You mean, Mickey, that you're
6: Juliet? You wrote all those love letters?
7: Uh Uh-huh. Pretty romantic, huh? I'll say. If
6: you don't watch yourself, Mickey, the birds and bees are going to follow you around taking notes. But, hey, suppose this here Romeo finds out that the one he's madly in love with and wants to marry is
7: you? Gosh, yeah, that would be awful. Mm. I'm already sort of engaged, you know.
6: Oh, (laughs) well, I guess there's nothing to worry about then. This Romeo must be some crackpot who's doing this for laughs, anyway.
7: I don't think so, Maisie. This last poem you wrote is so hot it could have steamed open the envelope by itself. Yeah. Across the void of space and time,
6: I send this deep, impassioned rhyme. Mine drab existence thou hath changeth. We'll meet some day if the fates arrange it. Signed Romeo. P.S. Please excuse the pencil.
7: Gosh, that's beautiful. Do you think my,
6: I mean, our poem to Romeo is just as good? Good. It'll make Nick Kenny turn over in his column. Just listen again, Mickey. Each night when I to bed retire, I cover up cause I perspire. And dream of you, my big strong lion. If I be thine, will thine be mine? Sincerely yours,
7: Juliet. (sighs) <sighs> beautiful, Maisie, beautiful. How did you learn to write poems like that?
6: Well, when you're out in the road as much as me, you come across all those Burma shave ads and some of it's bound to rub off on you.
4: Well, I've got the layout for the fight all fixed and ready to go to press. Oh,
6: good. Here's the column, Chief.
4: Cut it in half and we'll run it.
6: In half?
4: To the bone. We're going to need every inch of space to publicize the Mook Fun fight tonight. If it isn't a complete sellout, there are going to be a lot of hungry kids in this town, not to mention a couple of hungry newspaper men.
7: Yeah, Maisie. The boss himself here put up a $10,000 guarantee to get the champ, Spike McCloskey, to fight Flanagan.
6: Gosh, you got $10,000, Mr. Moody? I didn't know you was a
7: millionaire.
4: Uh, I'm not, Maisie. The bank loaned me the money with the newspaper as security. Oh. If anything goes wrong with that fight, you can make reservations for me at the poorhouse.
7: Um, what can go wrong, boss? It's a great match. The whole town's bound to show up to watch the local boy who made good, Spike McCloskey. McCloskey? Yeah.
6: Say, ain't he the fighter I just read about in the paper? Spike McCloskey, the atomic bum.
4: Bum? That should have read atomic bomb. Mickey.
7: Uh, sorry, boss. I guess I made a slight typographical error.
4: Well, I hope you're wrong.
7: Oh, well, don't worry,
6: boss. That McCloskey's real good. I remember reading in a paper once where he fought a guy 40 pounds heavier than him and took him just like Lee took
7: Richmond. Uh, Maisie, that's like Grant took Richmond. This was a southern paper.
8: No, 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 Spike. Hit the bag. I said hit it, not caress it. It ain't a dame,
9: you know. It isn't a dame, Kelly. Not ain't, you Romnibus. Sometimes I despair of learning you anything.
8: Okay, ain't, isn't, isn't, ain't, so I ain't. I mean I isn't a college professor. Now, you gotta be in shape, Spike. This Flanagan schmo is a palooka, but the way you've been training lately, but a second round tonight, you're gonna be hearing bells. And I don't mean from St. Mary. Yeah, I don't know, man.
9: My heart aches, and a drowsy numbness pains my sense as though of hemlock I had drunk. But please, Mike, stop already with that Shakespeare. That's Keats, you skull. That's Numskull. Well, I was close. Mac. Uh, where is the copy of today's Chronicle? Now, look, Spike, it ain't there. Grandma, I... chum, grandma.
8: Okay, okay, it isn't out yet. And you ain't got nothing to worry about. Your picture's sure to be in there. No,
9: wait. who is perturbed about my likeness in said publication, hey? I am consigned vitally with a certain column to wit, advice to the love lord unto it. And I am training no longer till I read what my beloved Juliet has wrote for me. Remove off my gloves, please. Now look,
8: Romeo. The fight's tonight. When it's all over, tomorrow. Tomorrow you... and
9: tomorrow and tomorrow. Oh, Crops on. Look, Spike.
8: Enough already with that Kate stuff. Ah, that Shakespeare. You got no culture. Uh, from all the fighters in the world, I gotta pick myself one that can read. Now look, Spike. This here poetry stuff's a lot of malarkey. Hey, look, I...
9: You just say that because you got no soul. Now me, I am lousy with soul. That perchance is why Juliet feels likewise about me. Ah, Juliet and Romeo. That is a match that is made in heaven. What about the match which is made at the stadium tonight? Look, Mac, I gotta see it. That's all there is to it. Juliet maketh my heart to yearn. Juliet maketh my heart to pain.
8: Uh, now you got heart pain, too, huh? If only I didn't go soft and stop you from sending that first poem to that pen newspaper.
9: paper. my fate, Mac. Find me, Juliet. I have spate.
10: And I don't know from nothing, Moody. Either I get my picture in the paper like Spike McClaskey or else.
4: Or else what, Flanagan?
10: Or else I don't fight McClaskey tonight. As a matter of fact, I got a half a mind to walk out on about right now.
4: You what did you say? He
10: says
6: he's got half a mind.
10: Yeah, and don't you forget it. Okay, Flanagan. We'll give you some publicity, too. I want you should concentrate special on pitches. Lots of pitches on my right side, on my left side. And on your back? Yeah, and on my. Wait a minute. Kelly!
8: Hi, you killer. Didn't recognize you standing up.
10: Leave us not be sarcastic, chum. Your stumble bum McCloskey is all set to fight me tonight, I take it.
6: And you're going to get it.
10: Oh, yeah? Don't you kid yourself, babe. I can lick any man with one hand.
8: Yeah, but McCluskey's got two hands.
10: I know, I know. I can count.
6: Well, you could have fooled me. Okay,
10: Flanagan, come on. I'll take a couple of shots of you for the paper.
6: And remember to smile pretty, Flanagan, and show you, too.
10: I'll do that. Say, babe, you're a pretty heft chick. How's about going out tonight after the fight with a winner?
6: Oh, I'd love to. Maybe we can get a girl for you, too.
10: Yeah, that'll be a swell eye. Hey, wait a minute. Come on, killer. Your public's waiting.
5: Hey,
4: quite a doll, dollar, plenty, you know, miss?
6: Yeah. I just love the cute way his nose turns up, then down, then up again. Um, you're McCloskey's manager, I gather.
8: You gather real good, babe. And right now I got a problem. I got to talk to Miss Bleeding Card.
6: Oh, well, that's me. Start bleeding.
8: Does this mean something to you? My Juliet, oh, how I miss her... Oh, wouldst I could just see her kiss her?
6: Um, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the poems Romeo sent into this column.
8: Uh Uh-huh.
6: Of course, that wasn't one of his best, but... Say, you're not Romeo.
8: (laughs) No, I ain't got no rocks in my head. No, It's my boy, McCluskey.
6: He's Romeo? Oh, no.
8: Oh, yeah, the same. With that Tennyson, swine brain, drowning, and... uh, What's the name of Browning's wife again?
6: Mrs. Browning. Yeah,
8: yeah, Yeah. sure. And guess what, sister? Spike ain't fighting tonight till he meets that there Juliet twist in the flesh. I gotta bring her back to him right now.
6: But he... I mean, she... I mean, uh. Mickey!
8: If he don't see her, there ain't gonna be no fisticuffs tonight.
6: But the milk fund and the boss's money. You're kidding.
8: Uh Uh-uh. McCluskey's been smit like nobody ever before been smut.
6: Uh Oh, Yeah,
7: Maisie, what is it? A scoop, maybe?
6: Yeah, but you may not get a chance to read it. Get your code, Mickey. It's about Romeo. Romeo?
7: Why, I,
6: I. Romeo's the fighter, Spike McClaskey. Aye, aye,
7: aye,
5: The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern, will continue in just a moment.
7: This must be Romeo's. I mean, Spike McCloskey's dressing room, Maisie. Well, here goes. I'm sort of scared, Maisie. Who
6: isn't? got to convince McCloskey that he just has to fight
7: tonight. Everything depends on it. But but please be careful, Maisie. If he finds out I'm Juliet, he'll tear me into little pieces.
9: Entree, silver plate. Ah, good evening, folks. I have just been absorbed in a hunk of classical music. My favorite piece, Schubert's Unfinished Symphony. Uh,
6: yeah, well, um, Mr. McCloskey, we're from the Chronicle.
9: Oh, the news might be and Kelly sent you. <laughs> you have news of her, pray?
6: Well, um, yes. I am
9: praying. Ah, do sit down, do. At last, the one purpose of my life nears fulfillment. I have but one desire, to find Juliet and crush her in my arms.
6: (laughs) I think I'll go home. I gotta wash out a few things. Don't (laughs) you dare, Mickey. Mr. McCloskey, when I suppose she, uh, well, didn't have exactly the beautiful complexion you expected from her letters.
9: Tis not Juliet's face that I am enameled of. Tis her soul, so gentle, so kind.
6: So long. Sit down, Mickey. Uh, Spike... Right after the fight. No,
9: no, I will not be stilled off no longer. Either you present Juliet to me insolently, or I do not fight tonight.
6: Well, Mickey, the milk fund and Walter's paper is at stake, so I guess Romeo has to learn the truth. But Maisie, you can't. Romeo, will you fight tonight if you see Juliet? I will. I'm wilting, too. Well, in that case, I'll have to tell you. Romeo, your Juliet is...
7: No, I lay me down to sleep. Your Juliet is me. Maisie! Ah,
9: come let me hold you tenderly in my arms, Juliet. Ah, how do I love thee? Let me count the ways.
6: Well, we'll count later. First, you gotta get back in your training. Training? For what? For the fight tonight, you remember? Oh, the
9: fight, yeah. <laughs> you need not have to worry your pretty little conk about that, beloved.
6: Oh, I don't.
9: No. Now that we are together, we shall be together for fraternity. I shall not fight neither tonight nor never again.
6: Oh, then we can n- not fight tonight?
9: No fight, and, beloved, I can see by the look in your eyes that thou art relieved, huh? And as the poets say, the eyes never lie.
6: You want a bet?
4: This is a lovely thing to happen with a fight two hours off, Mr. Kelly. Can't you change McCluskey's mind? After all, you're his manager. -manager,
8: Ex-manager.
4: Ex-manager. That there's
8: gratitude for you. I teach Spike everything I know. And what's he turn out to be?
7: A dope. Poor Maisie. Tied up with McCloskey until he dies. With that face, he'll never die. He'll just ugly away.
4: Maisie, don't try to laugh your way out of this. You're responsible for all this.
7: I guess in a way, it's, it's partly my fault.
4: You said it, Mickey. You shouldn't have started it. You're not a woman,
7: no, but for a while there, I was pretty close. Juliet! Oh, Juliet!
4: There's a Jake now. I'm going to give that dog a piece of my mind. No,
6: Walter. Not that he couldn't use another piece, but he'll hang one on you if you make him mad. Let me see what I can do. Alone.
9: Juliet! Juliet! Wherefore art thou? I art here, but
6: I art coming out.
9: Ah, my Juliet, tis thou... I have been making beautiful plans for our future together.
6: Goody, goody gumdrop.
9: On our honeymoon, my wondrous one, we shall go to Niagara Falls.
6: Look, Spike, I just can't.
9: Can't what? Mine enchanted tomato?
6: I can't go away and let down the kids in this town who could benefit by the fight tonight. And Walter Moody will have to return the money for the tickets sold and lose everything. Oh,
9: fear not, beloved one. All those people that have made it possible that we should find each other, they will get what financially is coming to them. They will? Yes. After we are married, I shall devote my talents to cremating beautiful poetry and turn over the financial money from same to said injured parties. Happy, my dove?
6: Oh, sure, sure. Uh
9: Uh-huh. Tis springtime. See them two little love boys up in yon tree there? Dost thou know what they are thinking of, beloved?
6: Yeah. Worms. Wait here a minute. Oh, Mr. Kelly.
8: Yeah? Have any luck convincing Spike he should fight tonight, Maisie?
6: No. There's just one angle left to try. Where's Killer Flanagan?
8: Probably in his dressing room at the stadium, getting ready for a fight that ain't gonna be.
6: Could be. You're wrong. Look, give me a ten-minute start and then tell Romeo I've gone to see Flanagan. Little Maisie's gonna make that guy out there fight if it's the last thing I do. And if the jealousy angle don't work, it might be the last thing I'll do. (laughs)
10: you kind of switched from McClaskey to me kind of sudden-like, didn't
1: you?
6: Well, I'm a sudden kind of dame killer. When I gets a urge, I gets a urge. Me, I'm the kind that likes a continental-type fella.
10: That's me. What's William Powell got that I ain't got?
6: Nothing, but yours has been knocked out of line a little.
10: You know, babe, we could make beautiful music together.
6: Yeah, but the music will keep, chum. Don't start fiddling around now.
10: Oh, don't be that way.
6: Juliet! Oh, Juliet! Kiss me, killer, quick.
10: Sure, babe. Juliet! See? Just like I told you, Spike. Hey, what's coming off here? Say, what is this, a convention?
6: Yeah, a couple can't get no privacy no more. But,
9: Juliet, this is me, Romeo. Have you forgotten all about me?
6: No, but I'm working on it.
8: Maybe Juliet prefers the killer because he's her
4: kind. Yeah, the fighting kind. The kind that shows it. In the ring. A
6: guy with big, strong muscles.
4: What's wrong with these muscles?
6: Huh. i seen bigger lumps in a dish of homemade oatmeal. Hey, look,
9: babe. I would do anything
10: for you. Anything.
6: Killer here would do more than that. He'd fight for me, wouldn't you, Killer?
10: Sure, kid. Nobody's going to take you away from me now. Well, that does it, Killer. For
9: you, the creep you the Danil of pot and day. Put them up, eh?
10: Okay, Dev, up. Come and get it, will we? No, all?
6: spy killer, nothing here. Save it
9: for the ring, fellas.
8: We'll sell more popcorn that way.
10: Now we're settling us here a fair to hunt right here.
9: Step up, dream bold. Here is where you get yourself launched. Oh, yeah? Stop
6: them, Walter. They'll kill themselves for free. Hey,
4: now look here, fellas, both of you.
6: <gasps> oh, Walter. Oh, Walter, get up. You didn't have to hit him, both of you, you big palookas. He was just trying to stop you so you'd fight in the stadium.
8: He'll be coming out of it, lady. Maybe.
6: You killed him. That's what you did. Walter, don't die. Please don't. I'll figure out some other way to make these two palookas fight in that ring.
9: Oh, so that's it, Juliet.
10: You are just like all the other dames. mercenary. Say, babe, what is all this? Was this whole thing some kind of trick?
6: Yeah, it was all my fault, because Spike wouldn't fight. Now my boss, his poor, poor eye.
10: Killer, we've been took. Yeah. but what do you expect, dames? Whenever you find them, what do they act like?
8: Women. Now look, boys, the fight is waiting on a big, fat pace.
6: Yeah, fellas. Please go into the ring. I'll stay here with Walter, and I'm sorry about the lie, Romeo. Honest, I am.
9: Oh, well. Think noughts of it, lady. One thing which one learns from the poets, philosophy. With my pal Killer here, I will depart for the pugilist ring,
10: hey. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, and uh, say, Spike, it's my turn to win this time. Your turn? Get him. Who won in bike You did. What, do you want to be a pig? Okay, okay. Then it's your time. Name the round.
9: Yeah, well, let's make it the third, eh, so we can catch the early train. Well, so long, Juliet. Parting is such sweet sorrow...
6: Yeah, but it's much sweeter than meeting again. <laughs> so long, fellas, and thanks.
8: Oh. Yeah, I think it's coming oh. out of it, Maisie. He
4: sure uh. has a big lump there.
6: Either that or he's growing a second head.
4: Oh, good girl, Maisie. You tried. You deserve a, a raise in salary. I'll give you $5 a week more. Ten. Uh, Fifteen. I'll get some water. Snap,
6: Yeah, do that.
4: But for all that interference with everything, you, you should get a cut. I should cut you twenty dollars. No, 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 no. Thirty. Thirty-five.
6: Mac, quick with that water while I'm still making eleven.
5: In just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. Once again, here's Maisie.
6: Well, the fight went on as scheduled and it was a big financial success. Those kids in town will have a little more than before. Yep. Giving is better than receiving, especially if you're a prize fighter. McClaskey and Killer Flanagan were real swell. They turned over their shares of the purses to the fund. You know, kids are funny things. They have soft little feet. But when they kick you in the heart, you really feel it. So, when a worthy cause comes up, don't say to yourself, I've never seen these unfortunates I'm contributing to, and I probably never will, and who'll know that I gave? The answer is simple. You'll know. Well, come on, feet. Gotta catch that bus back to New York now.
5: You have just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman Supporting cast included Hans Conrad, Sheldon Leonard, Ted DiCorsia, Tommy Bernard and Peter Leeds Jack McCoy speaking
0: That's The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern, from November 16, 1950. Also in the cast, Peter Leeds, Sheldon Leonard, Joan Banks, Robert Cole, and Frank Nelson. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our classic radio club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio shows for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another comedy episode of The Adventures of Maisie after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, while taking the census in the mountains, Maisie discovers a screen test racket. Here's The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern from November 2nd, 1950.
5: Hiya, babe. Say, how about a...
6: Ah. Does that answer your question, buddy?
5: The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. You all remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Ann Southern. But first, your announcer.
6: Southern as Maisie. Yep, I'm Maisie, like the fella said, Maisie Revere. In show business, jobs are very seldom. So to keep my stomach from seceding from the rest of me, I became what you call a jack of all trades. I'd go into any trade that had any jack in it. Legitimate only, of course. The jobs I've taken to keep the wolf from the door, believe me, I could write a book. I'll never forget the time I was working as a census taker. It was in one of those hillbilly states where if anybody wore shoes, you knew right away he was a tourist. I'll never forget one farmhouse on my beat. The laugh it? looked like the house was made of driftwood and some of the wood was still drifting.
1: Who's that?
6: Open the door and I'll tell you are. I mean, you. I've come to take the census.
1: Go away. We ain't got none.
6: Look, Zeke, I'm too tired for humorous sayings. Open up. I come from the capital of the United States.
1: You mean Washington, D.C.? I don't mean Richmond, Virginia.
6: Good day, mister. Uh-huh. I'd like to ask you some questions. Questions? Yeah. The government wants to know how many people there are in this country.
1: Well, tell them to ask somebody else. I don't even know how many people there are in this here town.
6: Oh, well, uh, you don't understand, mister. Every 20 years, the government sends around census takers from house to house to see who was born. Mm. Now, how about you?
1: Oh, well, you can put me down, miss. I was born. Mm.
6: Congratulations. Mm. Now, what's your name?
1: Jed Hawkins. Jed Hawkins.
6: Uh, what do you do for a living, Mr. Hawkins?
1: Well, oh, well, you might say I manage your laundry.
6: Oh, well, what's the name of the laundry?
1: Mrs. Hawkins.
6: Well, that's nice work if you can get it. Uh, How many children do you have, Mr. Hawkins?
1: Children? Uh Oh, uh, let's see now. There's there's Emmy, Sherry, Luke, Bessie, Sam, Mort, Lucy... Uh,
6: Mr. Hawkins, I just want the number. uh, Fred? Uh, Well, maybe I'd better ask your wife about the family.
1: Uh, Oh, uh, right smart idea, miss... Oh, Ma can give you the exact number of our kids. Got a mighty fine head for figures, that gal. Come from the city. Yeah, Ma's out milk milking the cow.
6: But well, good. Where'll I find her?
1: Oh, that's a silly question. Cow only gives milk from one place. <laughs> <laughs> Say, what do you know? I just cracked a joke.
6: Well, crack it again. It's still wiggling. I'll go find Ma. You just relax, Jed. You must be tired. Tired? Yeah. You look like you've been breathing all day. Mrs. Hawkins? Mrs. Hawkins? Yep, who be there? I be here, Mrs. Hawkins, the census taker. Where are you? Right here in the barn, ma'am. Oh. Oh. (laughs) How do you do, Mrs. Hawkins? Yeah. I'm here to inquire about your family. Well, that's right, neighborly, ma'am. Right, neighborly. Yeah, well, shucks, ma'am, it ain't nothing at all. Tell me, Miss Hawkins, how many younguns you reckon you got now? Well, let's see now. There's um, Emmy, Jerry, Lily Belle, Bessie, Melba, and then the boys. There's Luke, Edgar. Well, just the Sam. number, Missus Hawkins, not the variety. Oh, oh, I- I've had nine kids. Nine, huh? Mm-hmm. huh. Now, um, question number two. Y- you own this farm? Nope, but we gonna own one, real snazzy one, too. Soon as Lily Bell gets herself famous as a picture star actress in that there, Hollywood. Oh, you got a daughter in the movies, Mrs. Hawkins? Oh, not yet, ma'am, but it won't be long now, I reckon. Oh, Mom? Well, who's this, Mrs. Hawkins? One of your older boys. Shucks? No, ma'am. This year's Lily Bell. She's girl. You sure? Oh, these year clothes I'm wearing is paws. I- I'm a-leaving my going-to-meeting clothes for when I leave for Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Lily Bell's the prettiest gal in these year parts, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take off your paw's hat, honey, and show the lady. Oh, sure, Ma. There. Hmm. You are pretty. I mean pretty. <laughs> a little too pretty for Hollywood, honey. What you mean, ma'am? Well, Lily Bell, Hollywood's full of pretty hep guys. You know what can happen to a pretty girl all alone there? Oh, sharks! yeah. (laughs) Ain't it exciting? Lily Bell, I'm telling you again. When you get to Hollywood and them city fellas try to get too friendly-like, you remember what you learned at your mother's knee. Well, that's good advice, ma'am, but it ain't easy to remember what you learned at a mother's knee when you're on a man's lap. Now, I'll get on with the census questions. What is your average I see, income? Ma'am. You sure uh, do seem to know all about Hollywood. You ever been there? Acted in pictures, maybe? Well, oh, yeah, as an extra. Now, what is your a average income? Extra? In- What's a extra? Any actor or actress without enough money to go home. Now your average income. You in- mean that some girls don't
3: become stars in Hollywood?
6: Uh, a few. Most of them were like me, had to make a living by working.
3: Lily-Bell, I ain't so
7: sure I want you to go to Hollywood. Oh, now, Now, Ma- you're very young, and and suppose you don't get to be a star real quick. Well, You Ma, were I- all alone there, and me and your Pa didn't
6: make very much money last year. Oh, and well, now we're getting someplace. How much didn't you and Pa make last year? Oh, shucks, Ma. You, you don't have to worry about me. Shucks, I, I'll be your star just as soon as they get my screen test in Hollywood. Please, mm-hmm. your average... At, uh, screen test? Mm-hmm. Everybody in these parts has been a-getting themselves all slicked up to have movie-tested their selves-tookin' afore that Hollywood talent scout leaves town. Now, uh, Mr. Fontaine, that's the director. Why, well, he says I got as much as Lana Turner and Betty Grable put together. <laughs> well, you have, honey, even though maybe it wasn't put together as
7: good. I sure hope that Mr. Fontaine is right, Lily-Bell, and that you get that picture contract he promised you right quick. That there screen test you took cost me and your
6: poor lifetime savings. A hundred dollars. He charged you a hundred bucks for a screen test? But that's ridiculous. (laughs) Ain't it, though? He charged all the others in town two hundred. But I didn't have that much, so he took me for a hundred. Well, he certainly did. Mrs. Hawkins, do they have a sheriff in this town? Oh, sure do. Lamb Williams. Why, ma'am, you gonna take his senses now? No, but I'm gonna tell him how all the people in this town have lost their senses. That Fontaine's a phony. Real movie scouts don't take money for tests. Are you sure, ma'am? Oh, but Mr. Fontaine, he, he promised me I'd be a star. He says I got what it takes. Yeah, and then he takes what you got. Honey, I'm sorry, but it's better to find out the truth this way. That phony screen test gimmick is one of the oldest and dirtiest rackets ever dreamed up.
3: Gosh,
6: we was a on Lily Belle being a star in pictures mighty quick-like. That there hundred dollars was our feed and seed money. I'm sorry, Ma. T'were all my fault for getting me into this. Well, maybe it's not too late to get your money back. That Fontaine and his outfit belong in jail, and I'm gonna try and see that they get there. I gotta get to the sheriff before they smell a rat. You got a car, Mrs. Hawkins? Yeah. There it is over yonder. Hmm. I'm in a hurry. I'd better walk.
4: Yeah, ma'am, you were looking for somebody?
6: Yeah, the sheriff.
4: Well, I be him.
6: Howdy. I be Maisie Revere. Sheriff, I just came from Mrs. Hawkins, and it's the dirtiest thing I've ever seen.
4: Oh, now, now, ma'am. Miss Hawkins may be sloppy, but that's no call to get insulting.
6: Well, you gotta do something about it before it's too late.
4: Do something about what?
6: Poor Mrs. Hawkins. She works hard all her life, develops rheumatism in her back, and now it's gone.
4: The rheumatism?
6: No, the money. What money? Well, cows won't give milk if they don't get fed, will they? Well,
4: I reckon not, ma'am. Well, you
6: got to do something about it. I,
4: I do... I, you well, got a gun? Well, yeah, ma'am, but when a cow won't give milk, he won't give milk and threaten him won't help. Hey, yeah. Goodbye, ma'am.
6: You mean you're going to go back to sleep and not do anything about it?
4: About what, ma'am?
6: Well, about Lily Bell. You got to get her money back and all the others, too.
4: I do? Why?
6: Why, he asks. I happen to know that they're phonies. You do? Well, of course I do. Now, will you arrest them? Well,
4: sure, let's go.
6: Oh, at last. Hey,
4: wait, wait, wait a minute. Who am I going to arrest?
6: Fontaine and his mob.
4: Oh, that there movie director from Hollywood.
6: Yeah, so it's finally sinking in, huh?
4: What's sinking in?
6: Sheriff, how many times must I tell you?
4: Just once, ma'am, just once. I catch on real fast. Say... Say, you know this here, Fontaine? Yes,
6: and he charged Lily Bell Hawkins $100 for a screen test. He did? Yes.
4: Why, that's the dirtiest deal I ever heard of. I'm going over to Fontaine's place right now for a showdown.
6: boy, Sheriff. He can't go around taking advantage of Hollywood-struck schmoes like that.
4: I'll say, that Fontaine charging Lily Bell 100 bucks for a screen test. It ain't right, that's what right. it just plumb
6: ain't right. You plumb said it, Sheriff.
4: Why, he charged me $200 for mine... Oh, fine.
5: The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern, will continue in just a moment. <laughs> Daisy.
6: Stop the presses. I got a scoop for page one.
3: Look, miss, I don't have to stop the presses. This is only a weekly newspaper, and this isn't the day we print. Besides, we have our scoop for this issue.
6: Well, look, Mr. Editor, I'm not one of the local jerks. I'm from Washington.
3: Oh? FBI?
6: No, D.C. I'm with the Department of Facts and Figures, and I've got an interesting fact to show you.
3: And you got an interesting figure, too. Um, what's on your mind, miss?
6: Well, not the same that's on yours, chum. (laughs) You ain't from these parts, are you?
3: Oh, don't let the fact that I'm wearing shoes fool you, gal. Spent all my life down here in these hills, except for four years at Yale, learning to follow in my pappy's footsteps as editor of this yard paper. Uh, David Lawrence is the name, ma'am.
6: Oh, well, mine's Maisie Revere. I was sent out here to count noses.
3: Well, ma'am, we ain't no different than any other folks. Each one of us got just one nose.
6: Yeah, but some of you act like you got two heads and no brains in either one of them. Do you know that that director, Fontaine, is stealing hard-earned money from these movie-wacky folks? Yep. Well, why don't you do something about
3: it? Like what, ma'am?
6: Well, like putting your paper that, that Fontaine is a crook.
3: That he's a crook and that real honest-to-goodness talent scouts from Hollywood don't charge for screen tests.
6: Yeah. Say, you, you do know about that racket then, don't you?
3: I should, ma'am. It cost me 400 bucks.
6: Oh. You mean you took a screen test, too?
3: No, my five-year-old daughter. When I came home last night, I found out I'd suddenly become the father of a female Butch Jenkins.
6: Oh, jeepers. Your wife ought to take the brat over her knee and spank some sense into her.
3: Come now, miss. Catherine Hepburn only uses child psychology on tots. Really, she does.
6: Oh, brother. Your wife got it, too, huh? Worse. But if you knew all the time, why didn't you tell your wife that Fontaine was a phony? I did. Well, what happened?
3: I'm living at the Y now.
6: Oh, left
3: you. And took Jenkins and Lassie with her. Lassie? Oh, everybody in my family has talent, even our dog.
6: But look, Mr. Lawrence, if you printed the truth in your paper... I'd
3: be sued for libel.
6: But Fontaine is a crook.
3: He isn't as long as we can't prove it.
6: Yeah, but we can prove it.
3: Yeah? How?
6: Well, you know you can catch more flies with honey.
3: What are you getting at, Maisie?
6: Just call me honey.
3: Please, I'm a married man. Practically.
6: And if you want to get your wife and kid back for keeps, and the money too, this is your only chance before Fontaine milks the town dry and goes off to other green pastures.
3: Well, sure, sure, but what's the gimmick?
6: Well, it's a cinch. I'm going to drop in on Fontaine and pretend that I'm just a local gal who yearns to be another Elizabeth Taylor.
3: Oh, and get him to give you a screen test.
6: Uh-huh, and this is where you come in. Look, you get hold of that sheriff and then get hold of a recording machine when I take my screen test.
9: But I did not kill him, Your Honor. I didn't. I tell you, I didn't. I didn't. Cut.
2: Oh. Oh, that was terrific, Mr. Jenkins. Just Terrific. You know, when that test gets to Hollywood, you'll be the new dramatic find of the year. Gosh, you really liked it. You, you thought it was sad. Sad, Mr. Jenkins? It was miserable, wasn't it, Harry?
0: <laughs>
10: <laughs> oh, yes, Mr.
4: Jenkins. You see, you got me crying. That'll be $200, please. $200? But I thought the screen test was only a 100. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, ordinarily, but in, in your test, we had film in the camera. Huh? Uh, he means
2: technicolor film. <laughs> you see, that's much, much more expensive.
9: Oh, I suppose it is. Well, here's the money, Mr. Fontaine. I had to sell my tractor to get it.
4: Mr. Jenkins, that's the best investment you ever made. Oh, that's so right. You know, six months from
2: now you're going to be a big star. I will. With your name billed on theater marquees over the cooling system. Hmm. Count the money, Harry. All that. Well, shall I leave my address? I oh, know we have your number. <laughs> well, goodbye for now, Mr. Jenkins. But, but how do you this know where to way send my out.
1: contract? No, on. I got to get my name spelled right on the light.
2: Well, Harry, we squeezed plenty out of the yokels in this town. <laughs> Go on, pack up the equipment. We'll move on to the next place. Hey, yeah,
4: but boss, there's another pigeon waiting outside for a test.
2: Oh, no, no, no no more. We're taking chances hanging around this town so long. Somebody might get wise, you know. Go send them away. This one's a girl. A dame?
4: Yeah. Mm.
2: Yes, well, I think we got time for just one more. <laughs> Send her in.
4: (laughs) This doll's right off the store, Casanova. Gingham dress, hair ribbons, and that wide-eyed look.
2: Oh, that sounds like peachy fun. Yeah, Yeah, send her in and get a load of real talent at work.
4: Are you kidding? This dame ain't got no talent.
2: No, but I have. (laughs) Get her in here, boy.
4: Okay, babe. I mean, miss. You're next.
2: Yes, come in, miss. Hollywood is waiting for you. This is a terrific... (whistles) Opportunity.
6: Hello, mister.
2: Well, well, well. Come in, my pretty one. And what might your name be?
6: Maisie Bell.
2: Poetry? Sheer poetry. Isn't that right, Harry? <laughs> Maisie Bell, what?
6: Maisie Bell Quetch.
2: End of poetry. Yeah, well, it's a nice name, miss. Uh, uh, Kvetch has a distinctive sound.
1: Yeah, yeah,
4: like the ripping of a rag.
6: Of course, mister, when I'm a getting to be one of them there picture stars, I'm going to change my name to something more Hollywoody.
2: Oh, that's very wise, my dear, that's very wise.
4: What are you going to change it to? Greer Kvetch. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's much better, much better. Baby, you come to the right place to become a star.
2: That she did. Miss Kvetch, after you take our screen test, you'll be famous.
6: Gosh.
4: All over the country, on every theater marquee, you will have your name in lights.
6: Jeepers. Won't that take an awful lot of kerosene?
2: No, just an awful lot of money. Money? Yeah, you got some, ain't you?
6: Well, it's like this, mister.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, miss, but I don't think you'll do. You see, we're very finicky talent scouts, and we're looking for a certain type for our next picture.
6: Well, all I brought with me is $500.
3: That's
4: what I said. You're just the type. Isn't that right, oh, Harry? Oh, exactly, exactly, exactly. Just what we've been waiting for, baby. You've got everything. Uh, shall I set up the cameras, uh, boss? Yes, yes, do,
2: and a great talent, too. Yeah, let's see it, Miss.
6: Sure. And they'll be coming around the mountain when no. they come, when
2: they no, 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 and that's not quite come, and
6: they'll be coming around the mountain when they come. not the talent, they the money. Come... Oh, The money. Oh. You want it right now?
4: Oh, why, sure, babe. You want a deluxe screen test with film and the camera and everything, don't you?
6: Yep. But I ain't giving you the dough. I mean, the money. I heard tell but some of you talent scouts ain't the real thing. You have? Yep. And I ain't a-given you the money till after the test.
4: Ah. Oh. <laughs> well, that's, that's different, honey.
6: Yep, I've been around, mister. And I wasn't born yesterday.
2: Oh, sure, sure. Uh, but do you have the money on you?
6: Yep.
4: Where? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, okay, Miss. I'll set up the cameras to take you. I, I mean, uh, your test. Now, Miss uh, Kvetch...
2: First, we're going to shoot a romantic scene. Uh, do you mind if I uh, give you a few pointers?
6: I allow you might.
2: <laughs> now, just pretend that I'm the handsome leading man in the scene.
6: Oh, shucks, Mister, for that I don't have to pretend.
2: Oh, Well, you mind if I uh, if I just put my arm around you?
6: I allow you might. Uh-huh.
2: And is it all right if I uh, like this?
6: Uh Uh-uh. I allow, I allow too much already.
4: Hey, come on, boss. Get to
2: work. I am. I I mean, I'll be right with you. (laughs) Now, Miss Kvetch, while I set up the right camera angles with my assistant, just read over the part for the test, huh? Read? You can read and write, can't you?
6: Oh, sure.
2: Well, you just study the part, and when I give the signal, give it everything. This test means an awful lot, you know.
6: You ain't just kidding, mister.
2: Ah, Good. I'll be ready for you in just a minute. I'll be right there, Harry.
3: Maisie. Maisie.
6: Where are you, Davy?
3: Over here.
4: Not so loud, Davy. What we're doing is against the law.
6: Well, what these crooks are doing is against the law, too, Sheriff. And in a few minutes, I'm going to have the goods on them. So, so even you'll believe the truth.
3: Here, Maisie. Plug this into the recording machine into the socket by the wall. Okay.
6: Miss Kretsch, what happened? It uh, shucks, nothing, Mr. Fontaine. I was just reading that there love scene.
2: But I just saw sparks coming out of your fingers.
6: I know. Sure is a mighty hot love scene.
4: Yeah,
3: well, yeah. hurt yourself, Maisie? No,
4: one of the wires in the plug was
3: loose. Hmm, never
4: did trust that there newfangled electricity. Give me the kerosene lamp any day.
3: Now, Maisie, we're going to duck down out of here. You're sure you can get the evidence that they're crooks?
6: I'll get it. You just make sure that the recording machine keeps going. We're going to get the kind of goods on these crooks that'll put them away for a long time. Ready for your part, miss? I'll be ready, mister.
2: Okay. Lights, camera, action.
6: Oh, Pierre. His majesty will never give his consent. If we were married, what lies in the road? Ahead,
2: Miss Quetch, Miss Quetch, that's what lies in the road ahead. Keep going, Miss Quetch. You're doing terrific.
6: Thank you. After all, monster.
2: Uh, that's Monsieur.
6: Oh, <laughs> after all, Monsieur, I am betrothed to His Majesty King Louis the X I I
2: I. Ay, 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 aye. That's King Louis the Thirteenth. <laughs> Continue. You're doing superb, superb.
6: Oh. If I am caught, he will put my head on the teen. And then...
2: Cut. Oh, that's wonderful, Miss Kvetch. Do you know I've never come across an actress like you? Eh, Harry? Never. Mm. When this test gets to Hollywood, you know producers will be amazed. You'll be a star overnight. $500, please.
6: Mm -hmm. you kidding, chum.
2: No, no, I... uh, Miss Kvetch... Your accent. Hey, hey, she's a phony.
6: Well, aren't we all, Bob?
2: I don't know what you mean, miss. We're legitimate.
6: Sure, sure, we all are. I wouldn't think of lousing up this racket. There's too many Hollywood happy jerks in this country that still ain't been plucked.
4: Oh, now, look, sister, we don't need any partners. We're doing okay without help.
6: But you could do much better if you had a real actress like me. A lot of male schnooks would suddenly get a yen for a screen test. They had a gal like me. In the love scene. But, but you right. don't... She's, I, she's right, Harry. I...
2: With a dame like her, we could clean up.
6: <laughs> you ain't kidding, pal. With me in the scene, when you yelled lights, camera, action, they'd really get action. If you know what I mean.
4: Yeah. Yeah, you got something there, boss. A
2: gold mine, a very pretty gold mine. This dough we've been chiseling out of the racket it'll be chicken feed compared to what we can do. Oh, there's an awful lot of goons with dough that would really go for this phony setup with a decoy like her.
3: Hey, You can say that again, boss. You don't have to say it again, chums. We got it down the first time. Hey, we've been framed.
6: Yeah, you guys may not have a record, but we do. Don't we, Sheriff? Sheriff?
4: And we got the proof we need on this here recording machine.
3: Enough to send you up for 20 years. 20 years? But we... Hello, we, look, I, you I, got I, us all
2: wrong. All we've been doing is making a legitimate moving picture.
6: I know, fellas. And this is... The end.
5: In just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. again. Here's Maisie.
6: Well, that put a stop to Fontaine's phony talent scout racket. After the law stepped in, they took pictures, too. Only these were strictly front and side views. And all the folks that were gypped out of their life savings got their money back, and they learned their lesson to examine before they buy. A skunk can always be mistaken for a pussycat unless you get real close. And I hope those crooks will come out of jail sadder but wiser. Well... I gotta be on my way again. And my shoes are killing me. Hmm. Maybe those hillbillies got the right idea after all.
5: You've just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. May Z was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included B. Benaderet, Will Wright, Sammy Hill, Peter Leith, Bob Cole, and Gerald Moore. Jack McCoy speaking.
0: The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern, from November 2nd, 1950. Also in the cast, B. Darrett, Robert Cole, Gerald Moore, and Peter Leeds. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 77 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 77 of the Classic Radio Theater brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two mystery episodes of Suspense starring Lana Turner and Joseph Cotton, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune into to our next show. Thanks for listening.